0: welcome to saucer cinema the podcast about ufos aliens and otherworldly phenomena in film tv and other media i'm your host alex On this episode, I am joined by musician and fellow UFO lifer, Chris Corey, to discuss Intruders from 1992, directed by Dan Curtis and based on the book by Bud Hopkins. everybody uh today i have chris corey from vintage ufos on the pod we're going to be talking about 1992's intruders based on the bud hopkins abduction classic how are you doing today chris
1: uh, i'm doing all right it's a surprisingly uh, mild day here in virginia um uh, so it's a perfect day to i actually i got up this morning and ran the dvd of this again so it's it's like i it, uh, totally wasted uh uh morning um unless you like weird ufo uh abduction panic mini series in which case uh <laughs> in which case a day well spent uh how are you today
0: i'm good i'm good actually yeah. um yeah I, I rewatched this um earlier uh today and then a little bit last night i cocked out because it's pretty long but
1: <laughs> i was saying to you that I have this as an officially released dvd which is dated 2012 and i just i feel like for posterity it should be noted how weird it is that this even made it to dvd let alone in 2012 when like blu-ray already existed and i i it's the most bare bones dvd i've ever owned there you there's not even a chapter select all you can do is when the title screen comes up the only option is play which is like extra brutal because this is hold on look at the fine print here two hours and 41 minutes which means it probably ran i know it ran it ran uh as two two hour installments across two nights on cbs in 1992
0: (laughs) that's crazy though like they they are still putting out this dvd i guess somebody still has the interest in it
1: maybe somebody because this would have been like the the big like cultural point of um of ancient aliens and and I, i somebody must have said all right what do we have in the catalog that is like that we can just dump to dvd and and get out there but what's weird is the cover it's not the original like tv guide advertisement that ran for this it just says intruders and it's got like a finger kind of like making a looks like it's scarring some flesh. And like if you look closely, you can see that they are alien fingers or like what we would, you know, associate with like long spindly finger. But if you just saw this on the rack, it would look like any run of the mill horror movie. <laughs> and you'd have to pick it up and read the back to understand that this has anything to do with the, the abduction, uh, the it, me milu panic as i like to call it because yeah. uh I, I always say me Lu incorrectly i don't think milieu. i just said it right yeah, me, yeah there it is yeah. Milieu. very good excellent <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, but go on. No, <laughs> oh,
0: no, go
1: ahead, go ahead. I, I, I... I, I uh, already lost my train of thought. This thing is weird. I don't know why it exists. I um, <laughs> I you know I found it for like $5. I, I set an eBay search for it because I found the movie originally on YouTube and the audio was out of sync. And so I set an eBay search for it. It was like five or six bucks and ordered it. And so now I've had it since then. What an yeah. insane piece of culture.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I had this. Uh, I had a VHS cassette of this that I bought used uh, many years ago. But
1: but it had it had a box. It was like a store bought VHS.
0: Like yeah, I think it was like a video store copy that was just. Oh okay.
1: So, but it didn't have like it wasn't like you taped it off TV. It was like no, a
0: no, no no. It was a very a, cool. More production went into that uh, release of it for sure, because <laughs> <laughs> it was because it had like you know actual graphics and pictures from the movie on it and everything and. Um, right. But. Do you have any memories of this airing? Because uh, I actually really do. I do remember this coming on, there being kind of a big deal about it, at least as far as like TV movies go.
1: Well, tell me your memories, because I didn't even know it was made until maybe, I don't know, like 2010 or something like that. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I, I definitely knew Fire in the Sky, which we should at least mention here. Um, because it's by the same screenwriter, Tracy Torment. Um, yeah, and I, I remember that very vividly. And like, I, maybe this was just like a like a little too early for me to have, have noticed, but also it seemed to come with very little fanfare, so might have just come and gone. But what? Tell me what you remember.
0: Well, what I remember is, going to, and again, I was like aware of abduction stuff a little bit. I uh, the, my memory of it was uh my mother had a friend who uh used to come by the next door neighbor and hang out and check on the neighbor because the neighbor was like an elderly lady and this was like a younger lady from the church um you, you know she was a sweet lady but she was like really into like showing pictures of like Stuff she heard like from like magazines or something like, "Ooh, this yeah. is a picture of the Virgin Mary that was found in a tortilla chip or a window or something," you know. And then, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. And so, but uh, one day I don't remember what when it was. So I think it was probably probably around ninety one or ninety two. She she calls the house and tells my mom, "You got to change the you got to change the channel and watch this." And it was like some kind of, I don't know if it was a talk show or a news segment. It was like something about abductions. It was like my first um exposure to the uh concept i think it's like
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh it was very creepy and very weird and very confusing uh, my mom explained what, what it was they were they were talking about and i was like oh that's right. aliens they're talking about aliens <laughs> in this it, it was very it was a very weird kind of uh conversation
1: if you don't have any context for it especially if if you're not aware of like the the cultural meme of the alien abduction and you jump in like midway through you could just be like so are they monsters like are they yeah. you could just think it's anything if you just tuned into this because they don't mention ufos or space really that much
0: no not a ton enough where like oh this is about ufos but yeah like in the movie for sure it's like definitely like uh um it's just more like A thing that's happening that they're trying to understand but uh in the uh but this so that was like my introduction i think later that year there was a big like publicity blitz about it that just might have been my perspective because i was like a a tv kid for sure so any ad like that would have made an impression on me and i was like i definitely was like like intrigued by it and scared at the same time kind of the same way i felt when the x-files was starting to come out and be promoted yeah and it was the exact same thing. Also, coincidentally, the first episode I ever saw of the X Files was with was with that lady, uh, Lorna, when she came down to South Carolina to visit. Um, oh. But yeah, so like that's a weird it was a weird this is a weird series of connections in my head for this uh movie. <laughs> yeah. But uh when did you first see it? You said two when I, I...
1: I mean, I think I was aware of it then and then it took me a couple years to actually track down and really I've only sat through the whole thing a couple times. Like it's a movie where I put it on and tune out or fall asleep, you know, Oh yeah. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, it's like, it's weird because, um, it's still it, like I'm drawn to it for some reason. Um, maybe just because it's like not well known at all and it, it's like this weird point of convergence for all these things but it, it like it's kind of like way less than the sum of it part. like for a movie that's almost three hours and would have been four hours with commercials it's like really fragmented yeah. um and there's not like a really clear like it does not it, it's way more episodic than I guess you would think of most movies to the point where it's not like there's a clear uh like beginning middle and end you just kind of like see all these different things that happen to these people and there's like times where uh, a certain amount of time has passed and you can't exactly be sure how long it is it like kind of seems like a while but then also like the children will be the same age so it can't have been that long it, you yeah. know it's just <laughs> it it exists in like this weird like extra bland flat like tv movie zone
0: yeah yeah totally
1: um and i think there's a lot of good things about it um yeah and i i, I if you hear anything it's actually it it started playing again um on the tv and i'm just going to let it run so if, if i see something if i see something crazy let's yeah, I might just shout it out. I mean, do you remember actually seeing it as a child like do you have a like a memory of sitting there watching this and just being like what the fuck am I watching?
0: I remember the ads for it like on TV and then mm-hmm. I remember um and knowing it had something to do with the alien abduction thing and then I really didn't start becoming obsessed with UFOs until like a year later. Basically around the time the X-Files started. That's that was the really my the beginning of it. I saw it like Many years later, when I I think I rented it, and then when that video store went out of business, I bought the copy. That but um, I mean, so... X
1: Files is like the before and after, right? You know, it's like there's UFO stuff before the X Files in terms of media, like television oh, sure. and movies. It's like the stuff that came before the X Files and the stuff that came after the X Files. It, it's like if this had come out a year later, I think they would have been able to ride the uh or more so two years later when x-files really like had become a cultural phenomena after that first season if this had come out then i think it would have probably gotten replayed a bunch i think it would have been like kind of a hit yeah um and it's just like a tad too early and it's like it's funny because it's it does get like the abduction narrative way closer than than the x-files oh, yeah, absolutely. really does yeah
0: um yeah it's it's i mean it's it's definitely i mean because it was directly based on the book by the abduction researcher um but
1: hopkins Hopkins. i would say directly but very loosely
0: um yeah i I mean basically the ideas in it the things portrayed in it you got alien human hybrids you got abductions you got
1: the book tells a story and it's it's a similar sort of you know it's a fam a family thing but um they're a little more metropolitan in this i mean it's it's weird because they're kind of portrayed as like working class but they like live in a nice house in a city i i don't know i guess that was more possible 30 years ago
0: yeah i i, I really think it's because uh the people who make it don't really know what regular people <laughs> usually
1: yeah that might be part of it
0: I mean, um i think it just might be more visual thing too i think it's like way out like you know like sit cinematographers love cigarettes so much cuz of the smoke you know it just adds right. texture to the frame or whatever how many different narrative threads are going through this movie like at least 3 or 4
1: i mean so i have i feel like the the anchor characters you have your two the two women who are being abducted one of them has an implant in them um they're sort of they're experiencing like the classic bud hopkins thing of like they've got missing time they're like irrationally afraid of like being alone at night sometimes um they get like triggered by sort of like there's a scene kind of early on where somebody shows this woman like a painting and it's like it's like a weird kind of like goblin Uh, kind of
0: thing
1: yeah yeah there's like a goblin in this like renaissance painting and it's like it i mean so it triggers her like on the spot and she freaks out um but it also you know it is it's like kind of i wonder if that's like torme trying to tip the hat to um jacques valet's passport to magonia um because it's like the picture it's like it's a goblin it's not like like they could have had her uh like you know, watching the Flintstones with her kid, and she sees the Great Gazoo and like freaks out or something, which would have been way funnier. Yeah. But yeah. you know, they could have they could have done explicitly like space people. They could have, you know. I mean, don't get been... me
0: wrong. Great Gazoo is pretty a terrifying character.
1: <laughs> they could have had like the uh, the the some of the big headed aliens from uh, the Star Trek oh, pilot, The Cage. Absolutely. Yeah, Um, but they didn't they chose like this goblin in a painting and so uh i wonder if that's that's just a little nod to to the valet magonia um thing so they're having that going on the um one or two fetuses disappear it's it's there seems like i this movie's kind of hazy even having watched it like multiple times this week (laughs) um and there's there's some disappearing fetuses, which is a common uh, core element of the Hopkins story, and also you know, David Jacobs, John Mack, and uh, Carla Turner. Yeah. Um, you know, the people getting like random nosebleeds, yeah. and and the the scientist or the, not the the psychiatrist in right. it that sort of it's like phenomenal. meets these people. Yeah, that, um, he's kind of a mix of like John Mack. I mean, he is, he's a, he's a mix of John Mack and Bud Hopkins, um, down to the fact that he's like butting heads with his, you know, whatever head of his department at the university that he's practicing at. And, and, um, you know, people keep saying like, this is career suicide to him in like, you know, very dramatic ways. So in that way, you know, that's like clearly modeled on what John Mack was like mixed up in at the time. Um. Which is like weird in and of itself, because like Intruders, the book I think came out in like eighty seven, and that was like a little before the John Mac, you know. So it's like Torme just kind of like took all this stuff and he was like, "Eh, it's 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 Intruders if I say it is."
0: Yeah, it's just blending a lot of uh, threads that were very prevalent in the UFO world at the time. Uh,
1: no, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it is just kind of like a. It was kind of a grab bag of, um, like, early 90s, pre-X-Files, post-Bud Hopkins, uh, ufology. Um, one thing, so, <laughs> as a movie, how do you feel about it? I mean, I guess I've already sort of, like, tipped my hand on this, but.
0: Oh, uh, well, I don't know. It's weird because, like, uh, a few episodes ago, I did this, like, other TV movie about alien abduction from a few years later, like, post x Which one? It was called Visitors of the Night and it had uh you know uh, Candace Cameron you know DJ from Full House.
1: Oh wow, really? I want to see yeah. that.
0: And Marky Post from Night Court. Um yeah. It's 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 not good, but it's it's a lot it's a it's a bit more it's a lot breezier than this one. It has almost a, a lot of the same exact tropes and a lot of the exact same types of scenes in it. I mean, it is pretty much an intruders ripoff. But it's interesting to note the contrast. Like, I I actually came out liking this a lot more than I re- remembered liking it. Like, because even though it's got it's got kind of like a flat like early '90s TV movie vibe, it's definitely. But it has like a base level of um, professionalism and and like there's obviously care being put into trying to at least do some kind of justice to the subject. While like the other movie that we saw is just like a very very cheesy uh mid-90s cash grab but like this one's a bit more like we're trying to get this out to the world kind of movie you know
1: i think um like the performances tend to be good and they they really seem like they're trying to make them as believable as possible and and like like i feel like everybody that's acting in this is like invested in it
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: would you say because one thing i think about this movie is that it essentially runs on the haunted house movie engine um would you say the visitors of the night and what i mean by that is um it starts out and normal people start having slightly weird things happen to them then then they start having these like scares or moments of unreality and at first no one believes them and then they meet somebody that starts to believe them and gradually the people around them believe and then it's sort of like climaxes and then there's sort of uh the house is clean now moment do, do visitors of the night have a similar kind of uh structure is that
0: yeah it's very shoddily put together that one it's mm. kind of funny i mean that one's also weirdly even though it came out three years later it's a lot more dated um than this one is <laughs> yeah like, and this one is very fairly 1992 but like it it, it I think maybe it's because uh, the 1995 movie uh, is like has a, is a teen. It's kind of more of a teen oriented film, I think. Sure. Than this
1: one is. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing like X-Files, like was popular with older, you know, people's parents and stuff. But it definitely skewed young and there was, you know, right. comic books and trading cards, you know, it like it, it had a really I mean, obviously, both of us were watching it at, at a relatively young age. Yeah, um, sure. and um, I feel like this movie is like for moms. Oh, this is yeah. like a it's a TV movie. It's a two part event. This is like I mean this is not uh, like nobody. There's the only character in this that's like under the age of thirty five is is the child mm-hmm. who is like you know meant to act like a child and not meant to be like a entry point for the viewer whatsoever
0: right yeah
1: exactly
0: Um, yeah that's what that is something i noticed like like even now things don't really skew old in that way
1: he seems surprisingly old to me i feel like if this was made now he'd be like 35 and super hot and this dude is like it's the 90s so he could be like 48 or he could be like 62 (laughs) it's it's hard to say (laughs) Yeah. and i mean like he's definitely handsome and like put together you know he looks like a sort of like urban psychiatrist but like he's not he's definitely not like uh, i'm trying like who would they get now to play that kind of a role Uh, i was gonna say david harbour but he's too schlubby he's like not not hunky enough like he would he would be the um the like truck driving husband yeah. or whatever the cop yeah what like one of those um,
0: yeah that's hard to say I mean I, I honestly I I feel like with especially with if this movie was made now like it would be would it be a Netflix movie or something
1: yeah or maybe even I feel like Amazon will go a little sleazier and not mm-hmm. not think of any anything of it um, yeah I almost like, you know who would be i think it would be like tom hiddleston playing no. like the like the psychiatrist and being <laughs> like you know and like he might even do like an american accent like a yeah. like a mid-atlantic kind of accent or something like that but okay. you know they would get like some guy that like at first can be like you know oh this can't be right and then you know slowly like eases into it you know yeah. they're
0: Oh yeah, and I was just thinking the haunted the haunted house vibe. Yeah, it reminds me a lot. Have you ever seen that movie The Entity?
1: Yeah, um god, like you know, a long time ago, but yes, definitely. Yeah. Um yeah. and that that's the one where like the 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 entity is like it it's a, like sexually assaulting the yeah, the, the people Hershey. in the house, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: and like uh, and that yeah, the, the the parallels in that one are kind of interesting because it's about, you know, it's about this like otherworldly entity assaulting uh, <laughs> a vulnerable woman you know and it's meant to it's you know it's like playing on that fear of violation and um all that except that was a uh, allegedly based on a true story i mean
1: Uh, aren't they all wait i'm changing (laughs) my answer paul bettany that's who they would oh
0: god yeah oh my god that is a perfect
1: paul bettany he'd be like older reserved but you're still like wow he's like Perfect. way too attractive to be a real human being yeah yeah yeah, um,
0: yeah that is a perfect like middle ground like but like... because
1: it's it's 20 if, if they're shooting it in 2021 he has to be like un- unbelievably handsome he can't right. have like lines on his face or right? anything right like we'll, we will allow the slightest bit of receding hairline only to show that he's over the age of 30 yeah that's it <laughs> it's interesting you brought up the entity because this is like a women in peril movie it's like yeah um one thing about this and i mean like this says a little bit like hopkins wrote about a lot of men that were having these experiences and uh definitely you know some of the other um some of the other people that were writing on this you know would talk about men that were having these experiences and having sperm collected yeah um but this movie is like really centered on these women and their they're always helpless like they have no agency no say right. in the matter like right. i feel like if you're making a like alien abduction thing there's always a support group scene yeah and yeah, this yeah. one has a couple of those and oh, there yeah. are men in those support group scenes but yeah. even those men they're portrayed in like a really like you know emasculated like yeah, yeah it, it's like a like a very like specific kind of portrayal you know it's like like our psychiatrist hero you know uh nothing could ever happen to him like that you know because he's he's in control and he's you know keeping everyone safe exactly um which i I guess it it like fits with the entity really well it's it's good that you brought that up
0: with an alien abduction narrative you can really only go a few different ways i think because like it's not a phenomenon that like you can base an action beat on or something it's like it's like it's uh, it's a periodic thing that happens. At least the the Hopkins abduction, where you know you're periodically abducted from your bedroom or whatever, yeah. like that kind of idea of it, where like it is kind of necessarily episodic that way.
1: I mean, the whole like issue with like all the UFO lore and culture is that like there's so many bad UFO books. I mean, there's because the, like narratively, like it, it it's like it's so hard to like make a straight narrative out of it. You know, you have like John Keel's Mothman prophecies and like he's an exceptional writer um, and also just a great charismatic personality, which, yeah. you know, comes across in his words. And so he can take a story where there really isn't like a clear I mean, there is an escalation of events, but it's not very orderly. You know he is making some of the stuff up and changing some of the things around and even that like when it gets to the end it you just sort of you feel like the whole thing is like frayed into a million little bits and you're like so like what did anything happen what happened (laughs) you know and again like i mean i often say he's like the paranormal truman capote um, oh, where totally, he totally, totally. is like really good at like writing about people and personalities and like sort of like how interesting like the the banalities of everyday life can be especially when they're interrupted by weird shit yeah and like i, I think i don't think like i actually i don't think bud hopkins is like an especially good writer i mean it, it's it's like good beach reading but then like so you're starting with that as your source right you like you, like his like the people in his stories even though these extraordinary things are happening to them they're always kind of wooden and then yeah. you've got to like translate that into a narrative and a story with interesting characters yeah. and cool. and there's not there's not a lot of ways you can go with that yeah, yeah. um you know like your first episode was communion and it's sort of like then that's, that's it i mean it well, it's, it's it like so true. many exceptions it's like every exception you could have you know, I mean, you have like a talented writer, like a crazy personality, like yeah. telling a story that's not doesn't really fit the the standard narrative.
0: Yeah, well, I I think actually, I think that is the issue I have always had with the Bud Hopkins like narrative of it, because like there's they and the day of David Jacobs thing, because like you actually listen read a lot of actual abduction reports like. The full like the full range of it, and it's like it's way crazier and way wilder. It's definitely more Streberesque than, um, uh, than Hopkinsesque. If you really like, or or Keel even, you know, it really like you really go into it. It's a lot more varied, and individual, and but also weirdly similar and like very. It's very like psych- just a bunch of. It's a kaleidoscope of weird shit. But
1: isn't it funny? Bud Hopkins was like a downtown artist. You yeah. know, like why why is he like it's so strange that a guy who was like a modernist painter in the 70s in new york would try and like boil something like this down into like these kind of like list of things that would you know comprise like a syndrome where like everybody across the board yeah. is having the same experience um that,
0: that is a very good point i don't know i mean i think it's because there's enough commonalities to hang something like that on but i think the problem with him and like david jacobs is that they really focused narrow focused it into this like sci-fi like they're trying to infiltrate our genes and our (laughs) society
1: i mean they're obsessively like trying to uh make everything fit into this one yes uh narrative and i mean it's fun it's funny too because like Carla Turner, who was, you know, talking about the same phenomena, was actually having these experiences and was, yeah. like, she's sort of my pick of of the bunch. And it, you don't see her stuff in uh, used bookshops that much. No, so no. uh,
0: I was starting to read this one. Masquerade of Angels is what it's called. I have not finished it. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, halfway through it at this point. But it's, like, and again, it's, like, way more liminal, way more... Supernatural esque, it's way more Keel Strieber esque than 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 like the, I mean it's but there's still like a weird core of like sci-fi hard reality that's supposedly going on there too. So it's like really interesting that there that there's like this weird mixture. But
1: I mean, yeah, it seems like she was getting closer to. I mean, I don't know like what you call it, you know, closer to capturing what these people experience or or how these people interpret their experiences. Right. right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, as a movie, (laughs) it's tough. Um, Yeah. I will say you get, I mean, the scenes with the creatures are, and the, and the hybrids are some of the most shocking like TV stuff I've ever, they're definitely grosser than the X-Files
0: oh yeah like those aliens think, eyes are like wet like they're really
1: yeah everything is looking. wet yeah and and they they must have uh like wiped the vent the lens with uh vaseline oh yeah so you course. get like the weird kind of like reflections off everything that yeah. uh you wouldn't normally and it just gives it like yeah, it just it, it really does get under your skin when you see it and the way they kind of like cut back and forth to him in some of the scenes like that stuff is really effective. And I mean,
0: yeah, the puppets are pretty decent for a TV movie. Like the, the, the creatures. I mean, they're fairly, fairly decent.
1: They must've spent some money on that. I mean, it, it looks, it, it's, it's really convincing. And it, it, if you compare it to like the X-Files abduction scenes where like, it really never got to be more than just like a bunch of uh, rubber rubber heads around the table so i mean that that stuff is is really effective and you know you get i mean you get good caliber tv actors you have uh R- richard crena from rambo right
0: yeah uh, a bunch of other things too i can't i, can't
1: think I mean of tons of that. stuff yeah, yeah you get a bunch of like people that guest starred on on uh, different star Trek shows which oh, yeah. i assume is the uh tracy tour may connection because he was super involved in the production on that uh yeah. next generation the first couple seasons
0: yeah also the doctor the the country doctor in this is uh doc haywood from uh twin peaks too
1: oh yeah, yeah. that's good that's right
0: to the character actor Warren frost who's actually mark frost the co-creator of twin peaks his dad
1: <laughs> oh no kidding you know i like i never even made the connection that they had the same last name but yeah yeah that makes perfect sense
0: but uh yeah so so like i guess we should maybe try and get a little bit into the narrative so we give some context to the listeners, like so. Like we said, it's these two women who are having these re- realizations, like incidents, memory. Oh, actually, one of them. There's like one that lives in Nebraska, one that lives in California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The one that the the, the one in uh, who's the first one we meet is it the one in California or the one in Nebraska?
1: Oof. Uh,
0: I think it's the Nebraska one because like they show her like she's like some for some reason she's been dropped off in the wrong place so she's like, yes
1: yes you're absolutely right that's that's how it actually we open with a prelude where it's like a military yeah, yeah. base and they pick up you know it's it's like it's a ripoff of uh, the beginning of close encounters where they for sure yeah. pick pick up something on radar and like a bunch of important people furrow their brows and then i think we cut to um one of the one of the women um and it is the one from nebraska and she's like wandering. She's in the wrong place, and like walks into a diner and doesn't know how she got there. And yeah, and then she's. Brought I'm home pretty buddy. sure that's pulled right out of Intruders or Missing Time. Uh, that that particular, you know, like the walking yeah. into a diner, yeah, not, not exactly not knowing, knowing what's going on.
0: Yeah, not knowing how you got there and all that. And... <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, and I think, and then. We also have this other lady in California. I th- I've, for some reason in my mind I had conflated them as sisters, but it actually there's a sister character in California who <laughs> it, it's almost like you know yeah. they could have they just probably combined those characters. Well, but...
1: like one thing is it, it's super hard to keep some of these characters distinct because they well <laughs> every every single person <laughs> is like a middle aged white person yes. and and like they're all going through the same things yeah um which i understand you know they're trying to show that like this is affecting different people in the same way but it's also it's confusing because you see so many guys in like tweed coats that are like you know also furrowing their brows especially in the first 40 minutes when the movie's just starting to get going there's a couple times where you're like wait is that this guy or this guy yeah um at least for me
0: Oh yeah, yeah, especially like the 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 hospital people and everything. Like
1: yeah, the, and like they're uh, all dressed. I mean, they're all in hospital gear, so it's like you're just looking at them and you're like, all right, I know like you're the one Asian person in this movie, so I, I can tell that you're different from the, these yeah. like six other guys with receding hairlines.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, there is Ben Vereen's character too. He's
1: a the... see. This is what I'm talking about. Like, um, <laughs> i I one thing about this movie is um because I think it was written to be a, a mini series, you know what they call a mini series, two part TV yeah. movie is um, they edited way less out of the script than you would a normal feature. You right. know, they were just like, great. Like this is, you know, this many pages and that'll get us to this many minutes. And that's what we need. Whereas like, I, I like, I think you could take this movie and make a, a like a two hour, or oh, like easy. hour and, and 45 minute cut. And it would, it would work way better um
0: 100 uh, percent. like but what's really funny though is like is that the the other movie i mentioned we mentioned visitors of the night which is which which is like only like an hour and a half really total um without commercials is like wow. actually flabbier than this is <laughs> like way more formless than this one is
1: <laughs> well so like there's part of your problem right i so this stuff is really interesting and salacious if you've never heard of it before. Right. Um, especially if you're reading about it for the first time, yeah. but like once you've heard the narrative a few times, it's kind of like, like there's not that many options for how this story goes. Right. It's like,
0: Correct. yeah. It,
1: it keeps happening. Well, what keeps happening? Uh, it's kind of hard to say. It's like mm-hmm. I wake up in the night and some time has been missing and i feel like i've been violated and then i go to hypnosis and i find out some some weird shit or occasionally i have conscious recall about it yeah but it's sort of like um yeah. you know it's like if you're gonna make a movie about just like one abduction like the the what's it called Th- not thieves in the night uh oh, Visitors just said the night. With, yeah 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 um it, it's like you probably actually run out of Shit to show really fast.
0: Yeah, there's like a lot of subplots in that one that go nowhere. Um, weirdly, though, there's no government cover up angle in that one like there is in this
1: one. Like, I feel super tacked on in this one, though. They, oh, you know, sure, they're just sure. like that last scene. They have a general that yeah. is just kind of like, and eh, just so you know, we're covering this up, but like, don't worry about it, or maybe do. It just like, <laughs> I it, it like adds. Basically nothing to the
0: uh, no, it's, it's to just, the
1: overall narrative.
0: Yeah, it's just it's definitely like you said tacked on. Both of those threads were huge at the time in the UFO world: the uh, Roswell's MJ12 cover-up aspect, and then of course the abduction thing. And, uh, sometimes they crossed over, sometimes they don't. But like, there's definitely there are definitely the the things in the UFO world. I think at that time, really, I
1: mean, actually. A little bit ahead in the movie, there is like this flashback to a crash retrieval. And what happens is, and this is, I know that I'm being very disjointed about this, but it's also like this movie is so disjointed. Oh, yeah. They go to the psychiatric hospital and you meet this guy. Benjamin and he's, yeah. Yeah, and he's, a, he's a patient and he's like painting all these symbols on paper mm and then like two hours later they get back to him and they show him he was a like a at a ufo crash retrieval and it just it i get i'm i feel like tracy torme was like this is a thing that i've got to include i've got to like you know people know about this trope and it's it's important and so there's that um but it doesn't really have anything to do with the narrative of these no. two women that are uh, being abducted. It's just like another person who's like, I'm a witness to some dead aliens. You know, I know they exist.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's almost, I mean, it really does have that, like like a lot of the movies from this era, like have that quality of like uh, abduction in new movies. and so, like, you know, like it is definitely like trying to say, hey, this is a thing that is real that's happening like there is that kind of undercurrent of it and i think that's why they feel the need to include all these extra things maybe sometimes it's because this is happening too you got to know about this in a weird way because like tracy torme is like a like a true believer type guy like
1: he was definitely um around and friends with like linda howe bill moore i mean he's talked about it he um
0: and walton because he i think he co-wrote the movie with travis walton
1: yeah he i mean well he definitely knew travis um or knows Tra- I might he might still keep in touch with him i don't know yeah. actually a good thing to point out is that he co-wrote or he uh did the screenplay for this and fire in the sky back to back and this came out and the producer on fire in the sky called him and freaked out because he had basically written the abduction scenes you know as being very similar be, um which is funny because like travis's abduction account is not what we would consider really a typical abduction at no, all it's <laughs> like very anomalous but tracy torme wrote it like like a bud hopkins abduction and they called him and freaked out and we're like you've got to change this it's 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 exactly like this other movie that you made and you know Tracy Torme was like well that's how it happens and they were like no 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 like you know the aliens have to have small eyes now and they have to do all this other and so the fire in the sky abduction scene which is like you know famous for like traumatizing a generation yeah yeah um it really was has actually to
0: do with the actual account at all
1: yeah yeah and like was completely, uh you know, just kind of fabricated so as that it wouldn't be too similar to Intruders. I think it's a better movie though because it has like one character that's your emotional core. It's easier to understand for the layperson. Like, I've failed now for this entire podcast to explain what happens in this movie other than to be like, eh, you know, Bud Hopkins. It's like all that shit. Yeah, but. Travis Walton story I can say there was a guy he was a logger he got zapped by a beam from something he disappeared for five days and then he came back and said he was on board a spaceship from another planet right I don't even know like you never really see you see the crash retrieval in this but you never see like these women getting brought on board a UFO the main characters like, they could be anywhere. They could be in a cave. They could be... Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, you know? Like, they could just be in, you know, the, another dimension, the monster dimension. It, it's its just... It's so much more, uh like, uh, elusive in that way. Um Getting back to the narrative. So, these women are having these experiences. One is in California. One's in Nebraska. They both meet doctors who are... Is, is, who are trying to treat them. Yeah.
0: Well, um, I think uh, the one in Nebraska, I forget her name and I forget the actress's name.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, there's something bizarre about this movie. And I think that's why I chose it. And I think it is like such an, there are some images that are so arresting, but then there's so much of it. That's almost like, 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 oppressively bland like like beyond lifetime movie yeah (laughs) and and it's like not the fault of the actors or the cinematography or or even maybe the the screenplay but just something about it never really clicks and and it's so hard to remember you remember like the big scares and then it's so hard to remember like the connective tissue
0: yeah yeah i mean that i've that is a pretty common thread throughout like UFO abduction movies. I think just because, like we said, it's very hard to hang a compelling narrative unless you have like a specific sequence of events, like in Fire of the Sky or something.
1: Um, I think that's the 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 books too. I think everybody has a oh yeah, there was this person and they you know pulled over on the side of the road thing, but you can never like it. It gets tough to really start to differentiate the details except for the ones that sort of break through and become like the real outstanding stories and like intruders is like a compelling book you know like i said good beach read um but like the case in it is not like one of those classic famous cases like it's not a travis walton no. it's not a whitley streber it's not um betty and barney hill or anything like betty that. and barney hill yeah exactly like it's just it's for whatever reason it, it's and part of that i think is because bud was so focused on repeat abductions you know so it's not about like the one inciting crazy event it's like like the the mundanity of
0: yeah like you know
1: this thing keeps happening and maybe it happened to your mother and maybe it's happening to your kid and maybe it's all made up
0: yeah that's Um, where that abduction panic that uh, you're talking about comes in that kind of like sense that oh this could be happening to everybody
1: yeah (laughs) well yeah and, and you know like bud hopkins was notorious for throwing out like crazy you know he would he would be like you know i don't know like 1.2 1.2 million, you know, Americans are abducted. I don't think he ever said that. But, you know, it, he would say these numbers where you'd just be like, that many? How is this possible?
0: It's. I think, like, yeah. like, I mean, I haven't read Intruders in a long, long time. But um, it's really just, a, it's just like a case history. This is what happened in this case. And this is the trends that it points out. And he, he likes to emphasize... Uh, the uh, widespreadness and the repetition and that whole sense of like this is a real thing that we gotta do something about or deal with or understand or and but it's like it's not but it's not really going into the the I think it's just, it goes it just is really just about their lives and how it interferes with their lives and the various ep- things that happens but the climax of the whole thing in that book is kind of basically this hybrid thing which is where, like, where I think that's the biggest Point the of
1: pregnancy the, the pregnancy the lost pregnancy thing and all that
0: yeah um and the and then of course the meeting your your space baby on the yes yeah yep. Yep. like i think that was like his book where he was like this is what it's all about then,
1: which still is like i i've often ponder i i think a lot more about bud hopkins than i should <laughs> um, which is also maybe why i picked this movie um and and it, because to me at the root of it it something was going on in the 80s specifically and i'm not talking about mass delusion i'm not talking about a psychological thing but i'm also not talking about people necessarily getting taken onto. to spaceships from another galaxy or i'm not necessarily talking about you know because a lot of people like to be like oh of course not it's interdimensional and like dude stop like i like we don't like if you can explain interdimensional in a real way that that goes beyond like some like rick and morty or whatever (laughs) then like we can have that conversation but that's just that's science fiction too so i don't know what was going on but and, and I have a hard time just being like well he hypnotized everyone and convinced everyone that doesn't really account for everything and so I often just think about what was that there was this like panic on, on the part of like hundreds of thousands of people it seems that they were getting their babies taken from them that they were having little uh, metal uh, transmitters stuck into them and uh and there was these guys who just were going around convincing all these people of it and and reinforcing that notion and i'm not saying it was made up i'm not saying it was all real all i'm saying is i think about it a lot and i just think like what why it? why did that happen and why why was it happening then and what does it all mean
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I think the thing is, though, it hasn't really stopped happening necessarily. I mean, people, I mean, I've I've, I've discovered in the last few years getting kind of back into the subject because I've gone in and out of this stuff for years. Like, you know, my interest waxes and wanes. But like last few years, I mean, um, last 10 years, really. I don't know why.
1: I think that's normal. A lot of people come and go. Yeah. Me too.
0: But I've noticed, no, people are still reporting this stuff. And uh, I think now there's a lot more focus on the weirder stuff honestly I think because you know Hopkins is dead Uh Jacobs had a big kind of like sort of scandal in the early 2010s I don't know if you remember that yeah that whole of thing, course you know we're like yeah so like I
1: mean all these people are dead or in disgrace or or both
0: yeah just not what they were at the time <laughs> so
1: So the reports are still coming in but it's like it just seems like they were, right. there were so many then it, yeah. it was
0: I think honestly I think it's just more what was being focused on by people who wrote about it because i think this stuff goes on still all kinds of weird shit goes on people experience all kinds of manners of things including abductions but also hauntings and things like that or whatever like a whole range of things and then the you know the narrow slice that they focused on uh, i think because it fit a sort of it was like a thing in the 80s like this I, I don't know, I, it, cause I, you know, like the Satanic Panic thing plays into it a lot too. Like you're, I think you've mentioned that before uh, elsewhere. Um, you know, it's kind of like a weird parallel, even though it's not identical. I mean, I don't think anybody was like arrested because of the alien abduction or anything. So,
1: <laughs> but I think it's funny it happened at the same time. Oh yeah, um, I think
0: I think it's because um, personally, I think it's because the focus on uh, trauma and abuse it was a b- lot more. at at the forefront that i think maybe that like the late 70s 80s is really when the awareness of the just the the fact of widespread sexual abuse actually existed but i think that was a way uh, especially the uh, satanic stuff i think was a way of trying to deal with that in a weird fantastic narrative i don't know if the abductions are like that necessarily but i think that definitely they fit a kind of patchwork of different narratives that were so focused on this kind of you know believe the children victims right i mean not not that that of course are bad not that they, any of these things are bad in themselves but you know like there's like a definitely more of a thing in the 70s and in the, and the 80s about that i think especially the 80s there was just like a
1: i think that's a pretty astute observation that there was and I never thought of it quite that way but there was this like uh renewed focus on on like trauma and like discussing trauma yeah and um understanding the victims um which doesn't mean that like you know these people weren't having these experiences no, um,
0: of course not. i'm just i'm just talking about really honestly more in the cultural the focus on it and I yeah think- absolutely yeah, and I think that's that's what I think that sometimes makes things look like they're more th- happening than they are, or not happening than they are, is just because the cultural lens is on that at that at that point. But I think sometimes, like um, you know, like some you know, like uh, you know, certain things have their moment, even though they're always going on. You know, so it's yeah, kind of, I think it's kind of what it was.
1: I, that's a, that's as good an explanation as any. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, that's—I mean—that's just what I get from reading all this. Because this stuff has not gone away. People are still getting abducted or having weird-ass experiences. I think now, because you know, there's the internet, people are way more willing to just say and go online and just talk about what's going on. To the you know, um, and uh, I think that's a big factor too. And that makes it makes things more diffuse and more variety, wider than than like the the having like a guy try to present like like hawkins or jacobs tried to present it as a a thing you know because i mean you still have people trying to do that but again you can't really control the weirdness of this shit that stuff always bleeds through in some way or another right but uh back to the movie i guess <laughs>
1: <laughs> where do we leave off in the the narrative of this okay. thing
0: the lady in nebraska her husband's away at the trucker he's a trucker away and like she has a bunch of things happen to her she has nosebleeds she has a thing taken out of her nose an implant of some kind and then the uh in parallel narrative with the woman in california because she has like an incident where um she has like these this uh apparent these this is actually this was actually a pretty creepy scene the uh the repairman the telephone repair that's outside. one of the
1: best scenes yeah and that i think is from intruders where they they keep seeing these telephone repairmen outside and then then the telephone repairmen come in the house and it's sort of i mean it's a like a shorthand for the screen memory thing
0: right exactly yeah and like i think the other lady uh the nebraska lady has a dog memory about a dog at the window or something that was like that's her yeah yeah um yeah and so they're like um she goes to see richard krenna the one i mean the one in california goes to see richard krenna and, and then turn and also it coincidentally turns out that the nebraska lady has a sister in la with where the where the other lady is and uh yes and that's where the the storylines meet um uh, okay yeah oh and occasionally you're getting like this you know the scenes with like the administrator of the hospital or whatever like you know talking down to like trying to, you know, it's trying to get on his ass, you know, about straying from the path or whatever. Uh,
1: yeah, they, you're like you're you're putting your whole career in jeopardy, stuff.
0: Right, right, right. and which is of course another trope in these movies. Um, but also, uh, and then, yeah, so she and her the kid does does the kid get abducted?
1: Well, it's it's hinted at a number of times because the kid keeps being like. Um, you know oh those are the monsters that come in my room and you know they show the drawings like another like this kind of stuff trope with the kid doing like a crayon drawing of uh aliens and being like they're monsters and yeah. you know shows them to an adult and adult the adult gasps and yeah, you know sort yeah. of taken aback.
0: yeah 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 again children's drawings i mean that's another i mean that's that's not even just an alien abduction that's like a horror movie trope too like Yes. The kids are seeing something that the adults aren't noticing, that kind of thing. And so, you know, there's like a lot of that, again, a lot of the the narrative threads in this story are kind of not interchangeable exactly, but they're kind of hazy. They kind of blur together for sure, like you said. Um, But uh, eventually, oh, yeah, there's that, um, they do introduce a, ufologist character
1: (laughs) oh oh, this guy he might be the best character in the movie because he has the only one that has a different personality from everybody else right right right. he's the 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 one that is acting kind of campy and over the top everybody else doing like their super grounded dramatic performances and this guy has like an accent he's like wearing a weird hat and he like Having fun. you know comes in and he's like ah eh, fuck you just kidding and you know like is, <laughs> is like very like like obnoxious to the other characters and they're like who the hell is this guy and yeah uh, yeah I, he's great i I, w- I wish the whole movie had been about him actually yeah I, totally
0: totally like uh like there's the, like uh richard crina one of his colleagues at the hospital uh, is like oh yeah i know this guy who was, who's been talking about this uh alien stuff you need to look into it um, and contact him. And then he comes like shows up unannounced at Richard Corina's house uh, with his daughter or he's, like, his daughter's over there or something like that. And like, he brings him like Thai food for, for dinner or whatever. And like, they... which
1: must in 1992, that was like, I'm sure that was like, wow, this this very exotic worldly gentleman. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Wearing exactly. wearing like a unusual hat and and bringing Thai food. He's not like these other characters at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's like that's why you write that character, right? Right, exactly. I, I can't figure out who he's supposed to be. I, don't think I, he's, I I don't, don't think
0: he's based on any. I I doubt he's based on any actual ufologist. just because like
1: he's got to be inspired by somebody. Come on, like that because everybody yeah. in this movie is like Tracy Torme's shorthand for something that he's experienced. You know, like I, is he like I almost see him as like a Whitley character because he's so chaotic. But, oh, gotcha. but yeah, Whitley no. is not a ufologist. No, the, and no, this guy is like very expressively. <laughs> Like a, ufo- like a seasoned veteran of the ufology field. But, I mean, there must be somebody, and I'm either just not thinking of it, or, you know, he's faded from the zeitgeist, that so I'm not aware too, of him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, would, I would love an answer, because I'd love to see... You know, and it, it could be the same way that uh, the main doctor is kind of half John Mack and half Bud Hopkins. I mean, really, he's just John Mack, I guess. Like, the only thing that makes him Bud Hopkins-ish is... Uh, He's he's a little bit older, and um and the movie is based on a Bud Hopkins book, but it is kind of fucked up that they just wrote John Mack into Bud Hopkins' uh, yeah. narrative well, here.
0: Well, I, th- I well I think it's because I mean the the John Mack is more like uh, at least on paper very impressive sounding because like you know he's a Harvard psychiatrist, very very distinguished psychiatrist. Yeah, when
1: I mean, there's thinking. no question.
0: Yeah, so like I mean, like. But hopkins had a lot of respect in the ufo field but like outside of that he was just noticeably mostly known as an artist and like so like it was just <laughs> it just is not it just doesn't have the same uh especially like this kind of movie which definitely has that kind of like uh, like it's trying to convince people that this thing is a thing that this is a real thing you know i think it's trying to yeah trying to imbue it with some kind of respectability yeah that whole like based
1: on true events
0: yeah, exactly. Thanks. That is supposed to be the 1992 adult audience that I guess this is intended for. That's their entry into it, I assume. But uh, the ufologist character—I don't really know who he's based on, or if he's based on anybody. But he might be. Who knows? And uh, but he is, the, but definitely the like a burst of like actual like energy and life into the movie for a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree.
0: Him, uh, I've seen him. I, I've seen him in different places. I don't know what his name is.
1: Yeah. even Burkoff.
0: Okay, Stephen Burkoff.
1: All right, it's got to be him. Yeah. yeah, and the character's name is Addison Leach.
0: Addison Leach.
1: <laughs> unless I'm unless I'm uh, completely mixing it up, he plays Victor Maitland in um, Beverly Hills Cop.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, all right, that.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, that that that's a that's the same face for sure. Yeah, for sure. So that's got to okay. be him. Uh, and also, just his name is Addison Leach, which yeah. is like <laughs> it's like. Such a screenwriter name for like uh, like flamboyant like left field like guy, eccentric yeah. supporting character yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's great <laughs> yeah yeah
0: I mean it's a lot of fun and um he's he's got a cowboy hat and he comes in with the Thai food and he's like yeah well you gotta get outside of your box man except he doesn't say it like that but it's that kind of that kind of <laughs> yeah and like of course this is like Richard Karen is not ready for it yet and so. He's like, well, uh, you know, and he, wh- wh- what does he climb off the roof or something? Because they're like on a patio on a roof or something, eating the dinner. And, yeah. And they, and as he goes, and this, this this is actually the one like laugh I had in the whole movie. I mean, <laughs> I mean intentional laugh is the uh, yeah. where he's like, what does he say? He says, "You're not scientist, you're." Cowards or something. I I don't know if yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The way he says it is just really funny. Like he's just and he's just he's just like running off after he does it. I wonder. He
1: definitely is the only one that sort of sees the potential for like how fun this movie could be. that, That is acting in this. Everybody else is.
0: It's so serious.
1: I mean, they're doing a good job playing these characters as written on the page, but it's like. And it may just also be like a modern audience thing. Like now, you know, you just don't see movies where everybody's written this sort of square. Right, right. Um,
0: yeah. Just like in, in like, uh, in very, I mean, it's almost aggressively white, <laughs> aggressively middle aged. It's like, yeah.
1: And I mean, again, like knowing what the audience for the film is, that totally like checks out for me. You know, it's like a CBS oh, TV movie for moms on who, who like want want a taste of something scary yeah in 1992 like this is like you know the neoliberal dream and you know it's like the dream is like you can have one eccentric friend that eats food from thailand and a <laughs> cat. but yeah. for the most part it's like baseball and um you know, apple pie, and maybe you have a sister that lives in L.A.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah, the kid, of course, loves baseball, and uh, he's a huge Dodgers fan. I mean, I know I know nothing about sports, so I have no yeah. comment on. That uh,
1: I as a as a kid who loved baseball in 1992, the, he he checks out. He he's legit. Okay, cool. He's a little bit of a TV kid, though. Oh, like TV. a little too little too smart for his own good.
0: Oh, completely. Definitely, he's definitely got that TV kid thing. Like his name is Timmy, for fuck's sake. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's crazy just to see a movie where there's like a you know, blonde hair bull cut kid named Timmy and just not feel like it's a little bit, you know, a little bit on the nose.
0: No, no, it's yeah, it's like it's and it's not there's no wink of irony. It's like, so, oh yeah, no, this is just showing these are normal people. This happens to normal people like you and me.
1: I mean, that it's totally like I said, it's totally the haunted house engine. Um, uh-huh, 100%. you know, you just I am watching it happen right now on uh on TV and it just got to the scene where the Nebraska woman is in her home like the windows all light up blue she freaks out she like runs to Timmy's room oh, and weird. the the UFOs leave but then she runs in and he rolls over and he's got like this massive nosebleed you know oh, yeah. it's just like this is total like uh, total fear porn for for families i think yeah, of the time yeah
0: definitely it's
1: that i mean 100%. same way that like amityville would have been if you saw that when it came out or the exorcist you know because it's just like it's an attack on your dream right exactly uh, you're like tranquil uh you know uninterrupted life
0: yeah like 100 so 100%. also yeah. though that just reminded me because like i was a kid who had a lot of bloody noses
1: <laughs> yeah well you got to get that checked out man Actually, one of my favorite parts of this whole movie is, um, and I think they even did this same gag in the X-Files where the doctor is like examining someone's nose and he's, you know, he's like, well, you know, you've had very complicated nasal passage surgery in the past six months. And, you know, the music sting hits and like the woman, her face, you know, just looks horrified because she's never had nasal surgery before. And like I, I, like that's almost m- the most effective stuff uh, that yeah. happens in this.
0: Yeah, because it's like truly like an out of place thing. Like I didn't do that. I, I, like, yeah, that definitely hits home in like a weird level of what <laughs> something was done to my body and yeah. changed. And uh, yeah, that is that that is a definitely a something all these movies play on is that, and that's I mean, uh, understandably, it's a very primal fear also the thing um, with the implant, because like eventually the, the Nebraska it. lady visits LA, her sister hooks her up with Richard Crenna. He does hypnosis with her, right? Yeah. And uh, she, of course, remembers great you know, little gray men and all that. And like, Oh no, this can't be possibly a real thing. And then, um, uh, also, the implant. She, uh, I think she does. does she give. The, uh, no, I think he gets that when he goes to. There's like a lot of going back and forth between quote unquote Nebraska and L.A., even though it's like all all obviously shot in California.
1: That's <laughs> what I mean. It's it's like a very like loose set of events where you just you get you're like, where are we now? And it, yeah, it all looks like it was shot in Pasadena or something. Totally. Like, like the the uh colors and tone always remain the same and so it's really hard to actually keep track of like where you are in the in the world of the
0: movie 100% yeah i mean they they take that little um implant i think uh he the doc the country doctor i just call him country doctor because that's the stock that's, character he's playing that's fine yeah country doctor country doctor gives richard crenna the little implant and then of course he gets that analyzed and of course it it's you know it's it's kind of chintzy looking it has it's like this little metal flake with like these little wires sticking out of it and then like it's supposed to be like yeah it was burrowing into their skin or whatever and uh you know of course it dissolved it dissolved when the, after uh the guy examined it and like oh
1: it's weird because they kind of like explain it a little too much he's like it's almost as if it was meant to be activated at exactly 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit i'm like how did you figure that out with a microscope dude um and then then they're like yeah we put it onto some like sample tissue and it it dissolved and which is weird because it's like well what the fuck like isn't like the whole point that the people have implants like they if they dissolve then what i don't know it it, it's like it's a weird thing where they're trying I, i guess they're just trying to like Ground it in some sense of reality, but it, it like starts to fall apart almost immediately.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, also the it just it was just like it's obviously just like a little metal flake with like wires stuck in it. Like it's not even like it doesn't look like a piece of technology or doesn't even have like an a, a weird. It doesn't look exotic. It's just like it's just kind of this funny little thing. It's kind of it's I don't know. It's it's cute. I like it. It's like yeah, that way. is
1: how the the implants tend to look. I will say, but but I but I also fully understand what you're saying it doesn't
0: it's cinematic terms i mean in terms of like
1: yeah in cinematic terms i don't think it it really fits yeah
0: i mean yeah but yeah you're right like real implants tend to be like these kind of organic looking things i mean most of them probably honestly if you're being honest are just bits of organic tissue that have calcified or you know bits of whatever i mean i've had plenty of freaking weird little rocks and stuff for my body over the years (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I used to have I used to joke about it like I used to have this one in my back When I was a kid and like I don't know how it got there I mean I'm pretty sure I'm not an abductee I'll say that I'm pretty sure
1: <laughs> Pretty sure
0: Pretty okay. sure I don't have any I don't have any memories like that I don't have any even any I mean I was terrified of these movies as a kid like, like, I was terrified right. to watch these But like that's because they're scary I. But uh, no um, but I did have like a little rock in my back for like, well, like about a year <laughs> hmm. and then it just finally worked it way, worked its way out or something. I don't know. It might, it might have been a rock. Maybe it was some kind of other piece of, I don't know. You're a kid, you're playing around, you bump into things, you get, I mean, it happens to adults too. I mean, I don't know. I, I so when we talk about alien implants, I mean, who knows what's going on with that? I mean, I don't, I know some of those things are supposedly reported to have weird properties though i knew that i I've, I've looked into it a little bit but not like a ton i know there's that there was that guy was named roger lear who was doing all that
1: stuff yes yeah roger lear was the implant doctor and there's even a crappy documentary about him yeah um i mean there's a lot of like anomalous stuff there and you know there, there's a lot of interesting stuff and there's a lot of people that sort of go around claiming that you know they have the space age materials that have been collected and they're running tests on it. Yeah. You know, it always really seems to be like we are just around the corner from maybe getting some ant- I mean, the most you ever get is they run it through one of these, uh, you know, I don't know, like a special microscope or a special particle atomic, whatever, you know, science thing that I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody that comes out at the end, you know, and, says like i'm a scientician and uh i can tell you that this um this object could not have been manufactured on earth in uh quantities of you know whatever heavy metals are found in it that are this pure and you know with these isotopes and so on and so forth and when they say it you're like damn that sounds uh pretty convincing and then there's never any follow-up on it you know it's either and a lot of times it's because it's like Prohibitively expensive to continue to test this stuff, and right, right. you know they did some favor where they raised some money and this, that, and the other thing to even get the initial testing done, and so it just kind of goes round and round. Um, yeah. But we never, never get any real answers. Um, oh, you know.
0: I mean, I, I yeah, uh, I mean, like again, I'm I'm always like wondering, like if you found an alien, like how sure are you, like? Why do people assume that it would necessarily be made of like exotic material either? Like I mean,
1: I know? think the thing that they're finding with a lot of these implants is they're made of common earthly materials but they're just look to be like refined or machined in ways that maybe wouldn't be possible or at least readily available on this planet on this planet to us um and, and but, you know, like, that's, that's sort of the whole argument, right? It's like, what, what is it even supposed to be? If, if you just, you find something that's made of, like, I don't know, whatever, pick your metamaterial, you know, your, your yeah. special, like, super refined, you know, nugget of, I don't know, potassium or something yeah. like that, <laughs> aluminum. I, I don't know. I, I legitimately don't know because I am not a chemist or a scientist or a geologist. Right, But um, you know, like what what is that even supposed to do? What does that mean? Uh, you know, it's not like they're finding transmitters in people, at least from what I understand. Um, they are finding weird shit and, and there is weird shit, but uh, that, that's all I can really say about it.
0: Yeah, and after at this point, like it really uh, it really oh, there's like the flashback the one sister has, the Nebraska lady. she has her memory of playing in the backyard with her sister. And then seeing a, a, a young boy beckon to them from the woods. And he and they follow him out into a field uh, by a lake. And there's a big old UFO there.
1: I, you and, know what? I guess I said that there were no real like uh, UFO things connected to the women. And I, I guess I take that back because oh, there yeah, is that yeah. scene.
0: Then the kid, his face turns around. And, of course, it's like this weird-looking alien face. He's like an alien hybrid.
1: That's one of the big... Best scares in the movie. It's
0: pretty gnarly looking makeup too. It's like really, really creepy looking. It looks like a, it looks like a really crazy Star Trek alien. Yeah, for sure. This also, this also turns out the sister uh, who lives in L.A. is also an abductee, but that nearly nothing really happens with that.
1: It's a flabby narrative, man. I yeah. like, like, why do they introduce the sister, maybe being an abductee, and then just leave it?
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, and what's weird is I don't feel like. It, if they were just like slavishly uh, devoted to like recreating the book, I would just be like, "Well, that's the book." But that, there's so much that they change in this that it's just like, "Why not? Why not streamline that?"
0: Also, also the the, the sister that lives in L.A. Uh, she has like this, I guess it's Venice, sure. and she has like this nice beach house, and it um it reminds me there. There's also this other. Um, have you ever heard of the the novel Night Eyes?
1: Mm, I don't think so. no. it's a
0: science fiction novel from like 1989. It was like basically right when this stuff was really getting a lot of attention you know after comedian and after intruders. And it's an alien mm-hmm. sci-fi novel. It's actually pretty good from what I remember I got it I got I, uh, I picked it up recently used I mean because uh, I, I mean I read it many years ago. but it's one of the, it's a pretty good um, it actually kind of goes around what this movie has the issue with by basically just making it kind of a chase story but in kind of an interesting way. I don't know, and uh, it has a really kind of interesting twist about the aliens. And I believe the author is Garfield Reeves Stevens or Steve Steve Garfield Reeves Stevens. I don't know. <laughs> it's called Night Eyes as one word. And actually, on the cover, you can see if you Google it, Night Eyes by Garfield mm-hmm. Reeves Stevens. You can see like this—it's like this big, giant-looking spaceship hovering over this uh, little beach house. <laughs> it's pretty—it's pretty cool looking. It's a pretty cool cover. All right. But yeah, I definitely recommend that one. We have, we have Richard Crenna. He's like once again being hounded by the administrator of the hospital and he's like... Um, oh, yes. Yeah, and then he goes off... Of well, he vest- like gets
1: up and makes a speech in front of... Uh, who is it? Like uh, all the assembled uh, important academics that are in his field and he he's supposed to be making a speech about the psychological trauma or sexual trauma and then he switches it to be like, actually like, I need to drop this Yeah, alien (laughs) abduction truth bomb on you guys. Yeah, and uh, and people are a bunch of people are upset, and a couple people are into it. Yeah. Um. Then then his, I I mean supervisor or whatever you would call that. You know, looks at him and is like, like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
0: gonna review. I'm gonna tell the review board to uh, recommend. uh, You know, firing you or whatever. And he goes, "Ah, Well, too bad. I already quit.
1: It's weird because I feel like we get that interaction between him and the supervisor like several times in the movie, but it, it never feels like an escalation. It feels like the guy is already like the same level of angry about it yeah. in, in every... And so it's like a weird repeating thing that just like never... It, it it resolves, but it never goes anywhere really because it feels like it's at the same pitch the entire time. Right. But um, yes, he does. He quits the job,
0: and then he joins the abduct uh, ufologists abductee group. He actually links up with that guy again. Um, it turns out yeah. he's a he's a he's actually he's not just a crazy guy. He's an anthropologist.
1: <laughs> oh hey, Aren't we all...
0: so like. But anyway but yeah he says so they link up and then he like takes into the support group and that's where you get like the stock characters yeah. like i didn't ask for this i think they're peaceful you know it's, it's the same yeah. it's the exact same scene from communion except in this one it's more like okay i'm going to come back and that in the movie version of communion of course christopher walken as whitley streeper is like well okay you guys you deal with it your own way i'm going to deal with it my way and that's the way that one is yeah. in that in that movie but this one is like more like okay i'm going to come back i'm going to be here next week and keep doing this and that's the end of that little arc i guess and then after that i think is when he is a pro- he's taken to this and i don't think we see him getting approached he's just taken to a or summoned to this mansion where the general lives and this general that we saw at the beginning of the movie and who's like apparently in charge of the ufo group the mj12 stand-in or whatever
1: yeah it it seems as though they're like alluding to mj12 without like outright Uh, bringing it up
0: yeah so he's basically of course given like the offer like hey you know we have our reasons for covering this up but we have you know we want you to be in on it and help us understand this and help us you know study this stuff we'll show you things you know that'll blow your mind and he's like no i have too much integrity to do that you know (laughs) like i i you know i don't know if honestly if i was offered that i don't even know if i could i i would i don't think i would turn that down i'm sorry (laughs)
1: I wonder if it's like a little swipe at Bill Moore or something like that. Um, you know, Possibly. because Tracy was friends with him, you know, oh, and so just just that. that little like I yeah. um yeah, I have too much integrity thing. Yeah. Um is is maybe a little but like who cares? Like like Bill Moore probably never even watched this, you know, like that guy was long gone by the yeah. time this came out, or at least on the on the margins.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think he was pretty much out of the UFO business by then. But of course richard Krenna is our hero and our protagonist so of course he's not going to take the side of the but i mean you know what i don't know if i would not take that <laughs> i mean if, if, it, if it if it involved hurting people that'd be different but if it was just like well like studying this shit like i don't know that would be kind of fun or interesting to be on but that's just me
1: i think most people would say yes um yeah especially i mean well I don't know. World's a different place now than it was when Intruders was written, so True. probably wouldn't be anything as straightforward as the way it's presented there.
0: No, but uh, yeah. So like, there's a lot of going back and forth, and they take that Nebraska lady, they take her up and show her the alien babies, and then, um, and the alien has a voice too. I forget. I keep forgetting that. Like, they talk like this? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, they, uh, they. I mean, they get the classic like telepathic uh, communication in there, um, right? Yeah, and it's it's exactly like what you'd expect from the literature and everything. And and they like you know kind of like give the um, main character a like a message of peace, almost. Yeah, something like you know, that. like
0: yeah, and then the morning after she uh she remembers everything so so she like she tells him about this space daughter she has right <laughs> and, and uh you know that's kind of like, and then she's like you know i think it's uh i think it's gonna be okay or something you know it's like they're trying to join our worlds and theirs and
1: she just kind of like comes in and she's like kind of has this like i know everything's gonna be okay moment
0: yeah and then, basically, Richard Krenna and the sister, who are now an item, a, you know, a couple now, yep. apparently.
1: Which might be, it's ethically uh, dubious.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think, because, yeah, I mean, if, if the Nebraska lady is still technically as patient, that is definitely kind of like a weird, uh, definitely. Definitely,
1: I don't know. I, that's a red flag.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they got they're, they're heading back to California, but then they stop the local lovers lane in Nebraska or whatever, which is just right. overlooking like L.A. I don't know I don't know my L.A. giant geography very well, but uh, um, you know. But they're like you know. So are they out there? You know what are they doing? You know and yeah. there's I and like she's like I have a niece out there. And like start that. T- <laughs> like she has a space niece.
1: Ah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah
0: it's pretty corny you know and and it's like are they trying to save save or save it create a new world and he goes well maybe they're trying to save an old one and they're looking up at yeah. the sky it and ends
1: like a... it's like a real star trek ending.
0: totally 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 thing. and then it just starfield and then the credits and um and that's basically intruders it's you know <laughs> uh,
1: basically
0: yeah <laughs> it's just one of those yeah it's like you said it's one of those movies it's 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 all i mean this is true of a lot of the movies i cover on this podcast uh it's kind of all over the place there are definitely memorable moments and definitely memorable things in it definitely things are it's worth checking out for sure i mean i enjoyed it way more than i thought i would um because i remember seeing it and kind of you know enjoying it because like i was into the alien stuff but i really wasn't like thinking it was a great movie at the time but I think honestly, after some of the other movies I've seen, it kind of <laughs> it, okay.
1: So it's gone up in your opinion.
0: It has gone up a little bit. I mean, um, mostly just because it's just got it. has got a, just a very comp, base, competent style to it. And I think. I think that's it. I mean, even though it's like a very kind of bland in parts, but like um, the alien stuff was better looking than I remembered it being. Um, and like,
1: that really has aged very well, all things considered.
0: Yeah, it really has. Like, the effects are really well done in this. Uh, you definitely, I mean, I think it, I think honestly, it probably was influential on in the way, like, other shows and other movies portray alien abductions. Like, the movie language that we've developed for alien abduction is basically what is in this movie. I and mean, X Files, I think, really took from this and Fire in the Sky a lot, both of these. When you them.
1: watch that abduction in Fire in the Sky where he is floated up to the ship. You know, they, like, shoot the blue light down on right. the body and he, like, floats up. And that's, like, every X-Files episode right there, right. it seems. And this has some of that, too. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the blue light in right. the dark house thing is, like, a trope that X-Files just repeated again and again. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Any other comments about uh, life, the universe, uh, anything? <laughs>
1: Uh, I would say watch Intruders uh, if you have an evening to kill, or maybe two evenings to kill, um, and you want to see, you want to see something weird that uh, you maybe aren't going to find anywhere else.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it is definitely a worthwhile curiosity for sure, and it's those alien scenes really are pretty effective. So three, uh, three alien implants out of five. For me <laughs> i don't actually have a formal rating system here i just thought i'd do that um
1: yeah i'll give it um three hybrid babies out of five
0: <laughs> cool um you do have vintage ufos which is a really fantastic instagram really entertaining uh you have like have lots of cool literally vintage ufo literature and stuff like that um
1: I just I only uh, started that account because uh no one else was really doing it uh for like just vintage old uh like paranormal uh UFO ephemera. Yeah. Um, I feel like the current UFO scene is a lot of cool people but like uh just not a lot of people really like fetishize like all the aesthetic of like right. 60s and 70s and 80s kind of like ufo stuff and i just i think it's the coolest so i just I post it up there uh i'm sure. not like the ultimate authority on it or anything but uh that's that's where you can find me and um i pop up on conspira normal podcast every once in a while now like i i just record another episode with oh, them dope. which is the only reason i'm sort of bringing it up yeah. uh, but those guys are awesome and they have a conference coming up in the fall when is it's and in october man. right yeah, September. Uh, October 15th.
0: Um, all right. Well, uh, well, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on. I had a, a good time talking about this movie.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. It was really fun.
0: Cool. Well, you're welcome back anytime. If you have any constructive comments, movie suggestions, or stories of your own otherworldly sightings or encounters, drop us a line at saucercinemapod at gmail.com.